Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between mental and emotional health and faith. Today, you're listening to Talk Therapy, a short segment of the show that releases at the beginning of the week to allow space for God to move in our hearts and speak into our lives. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Well, this month, we aren't in a specific series. Instead, I felt the Lord directing me to share what He puts on my heart for the week. This is also known as a word and do season. And last week's phrase was, I choose joy. Today's phrase is, expect a miracle. Now, before I get into how the Lord really began to talk to me about this topic, I want to share with you a definition that I found in the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary of Miracle. It says this, the definition of miracle in the Bible then is a literary definition, an extraordinary occurrence attributable to God's hand in which leaves a marked impression in the text. Now, this particular dictionary went on to share a lot more about miracles in the Bible. And if you're interested at all in this topic, I would highly recommend going in and taking a look at this. It was extremely fascinating. But as you know, in these sessions, I don't do a super deep dive on the teaching because we've only, I keep these less than 15 minutes. But I wanted you to hear that definition, especially this, that piece that said it's an extraordinary occurrence that's attributable to God's hand. All right. I don't know about you. I am hungry to see miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've seen miracles. I've experienced miracles in my life. I've experienced gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I've noticed that when we're not always in environments or surrounded by people who understand the gifts of the Spirit or operate in the gifts of the Spirit, again, that's kind of a different teaching for a different day, but we sometimes forget we have these gifts. We forget that they are ours to witness, to use, and very side note, if you're curious about the Holy Spirit, if you're curious about the gifts of this, the Spirit, book I recommend by Pastor Robert Morris is called The God I Never Knew. Highly recommend that one. But I just am hungry for that. And I'm excited that I'm hungry because usually when a hunger starts to stir in our spirit, it's almost like an awakening. And the Lord is going, there's more. There's more. I want you to dig in and get a little more here. So I, I just want to encourage you right now, lean in to whatever the Lord wants to say to you in this episode. I don't know what your opinion is of miracles, but just sit here with an open mind and open hands and heart to receive. How many of us are quicker to be wowed by even a magic trick than a miracle? So I want to change that. And here's where this episode for this week came. I was reading in my uh, Bible reading plan, Luke 23. And the Lord showed me something I had never seen before, and I thought it was pretty cool. Of course, we know that Jesus did a lot of miracles. That's kind of how his fame really began to spread um, during his time in ministry was because he was known for miracles. And I was reading along, and this was, so in Luke 23, 
I'm not going to read the entire chapter to you, so I want to encourage you on your own, go back and read the whole chapter so you can just read it for yourself and see it for yourself. I think it's always really important that we read something for ourselves as well. But also for time purposes, I'm not going to read the whole thing. So here's what you need to know about Luke 23. This was when Jesus was put on trial, initially before Pilate, and then Pilate tossed him over to Herod, and then Herod tossed him back to Pilate. And I want to read from you after his encounter with Pilate, and he got tossed over to Herod. Then here's what it says in Luke 23, 8. It says, Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. Okay, that's where the theme of today's episode came from, of expecting a miracle. Here we are, Herod was expecting and hoping to see a miracle performed by Jesus when he got to encounter him. And so Herod asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus did not answer. So all this while, people are shouting accusations and they're ridiculing Jesus. Finally, they put a royal robe on Jesus and sent him back to Pilate. Now, here's the line, at least in my version, NLT here. Here's what it says. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Okay, that was four verses later from the original verse I read you. I'm going to go back and repeat this because it's just important that you see this. In verse 8, we see that Herod was expecting to see a miracle come from Jesus. I think he probably was a little disappointed because here he had heard all this amazing things about this man who performs miracles. He gets a chance to talk to him, and Jesus really doesn't say anything to him. So then Herod says, okay, let's." he's going back to Pilate. They sent him back to Pilate. But then we have to just sit on this for a second. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. This says Jesus gave Herod his miracle. The Bible didn't say that. That's me saying that. But reading this, I got really excited when I saw that because I thought, oh my goodness, here Herod was wanting and expecting to see a miracle from Jesus. And even when he was being led to his death, Jesus is performing miracles by making two men who used to be enemies are now friends. And that happened the day that he's sitting here, you know, being put on trial and being back, you know, taken back and forth to these different people. How cool is that? And when I read that, I just thought, huh, that's cool. Like another miracle in the Bible that I, I mean, maybe you've seen that, but I just, I'd never seen that before of, oh, that's really cool. You know, usually when you know two people who are enemies, what do we say? Have you ever had an enemy in your life or a frenemy, you know, we call them? What do we say? It would take a miracle for those two people to come back together and be friends. It would take a miracle to restore that relationship. It would take a miracle. Like You get my point, right? That's what happened that day. So even on his way to the cross, Jesus was performing miracles. How cool. Like I just love that about Jesus. So here's where I want to go with this now. I want to give us a few process prompts, all right? And actually, in the book that I wrote, I call these pause to process. Uh, I do this at the end of every chapter, because if you know me at all, or you've listened to me online at all, you know that I believe the power in transformation really lies in when we take a, t- a little bit of time and we pause 
and we process what we just listened to. So a recap of what you just listened to, Jesus is in the business of miracles. Jesus performed miracles when he walked this earth, but then he also sent the Holy Spirit to live within us. And we have Jesus living with us. That means we still get to witness miracles. We still get to experience them in our own lives. So I just want to ignite this thing that's in my heart, in my soul, that's just burning within the depths of my spirit that says, expect miracles. Those things that you said with your mouth, that would take a miracle. Let's expect to see those things come to pass. So here are a couple things that I want us to pause to process. I want you to ask God, say this to him in your own words or repeat it if you'd like. Open my eyes to miracles all around me. And then I want you to consider keeping a miracle journal or whatever you want to call it. If you don't want to call it miracle journal, you could call it only God, you know, or like our definition just said that it's clearly God gets the credit for this thing. Those are the most fun things ever in my life because you just go, I could never have done that. I could not have opened that door. I couldn't have, you know, coordinated this in such a way to make this happen And I don't, I can tell you story after story in my life where miracles happen. Sometimes I was praying for them and sometimes they just happened. And those are just so cool because it's the Lord looking at us going, hey, I see you and I see that need and I'm meeting it. So I want you to do some reflection already and miracles that have already happened in your life or maybe that already are happening around you. Keep a journal. Because when we write those things down, it builds our faith. It helps us to, when we do need a miracle or when we're pressing in for something, we can go, oh yeah, I remember God's already done this before, right? And then next, ask God, how can I play a part in a miracle that you want to do in my life or someone else's life? Open our eyes to the people all around us who are praying for a miracle. And here's what I want to read to you. That same Bible dictionary that I shared with you earlier had a little excerpt that I just, I want to read this to you because I think it is a great reminder of how God and man link arms in this miracle working business. It says this, In most miracles then, both man and God take part in the performance of the miracle, such as the plagues of Egypt, or in bringing forth water from a rock. Uh, To look at one example in more detail, we take the crossing of the Red Seas. The Israelites cry to the Lord and complain to Moses. Moses promises the salvation of the Lord, and God then instructs him as to what he should do. Moses stretches forth his hand, but it is the Lord who causes the sea to go back by a strong east wind and makes the sea into dry land. Also, when God commands Moses again to stretch forth his hand in order to cause the waters to return and drown the Egyptians, it is God who roots the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And then thus Israel saw that the great work which the Lord had done against Egypt. But here's the deal. They saw that God did it, right? But Moses' part was not discounted either. And they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So the people who were following said, whoa, God clearly did that because Moses definitely couldn't have parted that Red Sea. But they also 
credited Moses by going, hey, but you did you did stretch out your arm. Good job, Moses. We could trust you now, right? And so how cool is it that, the, that God is the one who clearly performs these miracles, but he chooses to partner with mankind, but our role is obedience. That's all our role is. Our role is to raise our hand and go, I'll do it. Sure, I'll stretch out my hand or I'll go do this thing that might oftentimes feel silly or weird. I mean, I'm sure Moses had to feel extremely weird. Like, hey guys, my battle plan is I'm stretching out my arm. (laughs) Here, quick, let's all push. One, two, three, right? It was weird. It was awkward, but he was obedient. God gave him a plan. He was obedient and God blesses obedience. So let me pray over us. And then, of course, I want to share a resource with you. So, Father, I thank you for every single person sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you've been speaking these words in due season to me for us and for this community of podcast listeners and believers here together, just doing life together. I thank you for this word that you want us to expect miracles. So, Lord, with our palms open wide, we say, yes, Lord. We are expecting miracles in our life, not out of our hard hustling and our work, but because you are doing it. And Lord, we just pray for wisdom. When you ask us to do something, that we would be quick to say, yes, sir. And we'd be quick to raise our hand and stretch forth our hand and do whatever it is that you're asking us to do in obedience. And then we sit back and we watch you bless it. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Ooh, friends, I'm expecting some reports here. If you have a report you want to send, please do so. You could do it in a form of review. You could go to my website, send us a message there. Go on Instagram, at Rachel J. Gilbert. I mean, I'm pretty easy to find online. Uh, come share it with me. I, unless you give me permission, I will not share that publicly. Just so you know, your uh, testimonials are always safe with me, unless you would like me to share it, of course. Okay, let me give you a resource and then we're hopping off here. If you follow me on social media, you might have seen a photo I shared several months ago of an empty chair next to my desk. And it was because I felt God told me to pull up a chair for Jesus as I wrote my book. I did my part. So writing the book was my, yes, sir. It was my putting out my arm and saying, okay, I will stretch out my arm. That was my obedience piece just to write the book. So I did my part. I typed the words, but it's God who's going to bring freedom to the reader. I am expecting miracles to happen through the reading of that book. Again, not because of me, but because of Jesus in me. So if you want more information about it, go to imagerestoredbook.com. You can currently pre-order it on Amazon and other retailers. And then, of course, the biggest thing is make sure you're on my email list so that I can send you all the details when it is released in March. Well, that concludes today's Talk Therapy episode, and I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.